and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. Many thanks for listening to our odd little show. I'd like to take the opportunity to thank again those readers who suggested teams and team names for our gladiatorial competition. Your contribution is much appreciated. A special thanks to our friends at the Dice and Desire podcast who generously supplied their entire party of heroes as a team for the games. And especially special thanks to Stuart. This is Bardcore Stuart for generously allowing us to use some of his fantastic bardcore tunes in this episode in the guise of Dweezil Van Zafir. If you want to find out more about Stuart and his fantastic music, you can find him on Twitter, at ThisIsBardCore, uh, highly recommended. And you can find Dice and Desire on your podcast app of choice, or you can find them on Twitter or whatever. As always, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, at BillowingHilltop. You can email us at hello at BillowingHilltop.com, and Paul will print out your email, chop out the individual words, and use them in one of his ransom notes. As always, we are grateful for any ratings or reviews you are kind enough to leave us on Apple or whatever podcast app you choose to use. I have no other news, so let's push on with episode 62 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast, Luck of the Draw. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, everybody. Good. Hello, hello, everybody. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. evening. How is everyone? Uh, welcome back welcome back hello readers we are back in our chairs we're back around our table take a seat uh, dear reader take your usual seat dan if you just scooch over a little please well tonight's beer paul is nanobot again the ooh. weenie one it's very good though i'm i'm drinking the marks and spencers i don't want to really too much product placement but marks the marks and spencers is a shop it's not a drink yeah, but i'm drinking their craft beers made by known breweries vocation for pure no oh, nice yeah okay yeah yeah Yummy. very nice Having that well, and maybe I... a little bit of sparkling water out of a plastic yeah. bottle. Mm. <sighs> no, not out of a plastic bottle. I'd like, no. I think that it was actually, obviously we're contractually obliged to mention SodaStream once um, a Well, I've just sent off my other four pack just, just this evening, actually. That's gone what, More canisters. Yeah. Yeah. Infinite. More canisters. Recyclable, though. Recipe for disaster. Well, anyway. have to send them Johnny's back. going on about sparkling water that got me into buying plastic bottles of water, so I can don't blame firmly, <laughs> firmly don't, at his feet. That would be stupid. Well, buying plastic bottles of water is a very silly thing to do. <laughs> I drank too much beer. On, uh, hell, uh, by the way, readers, we've, we've been together recently on our first face-to-face gaming session for a year and a half, and I drank too much beer. And that's one of the reasons that tonight's beer is weedy 2% nanobot. Well, that cloud water one was very nice, I must say. It's delicious. Cloud water mm. is just the, is that they are the best. But they're quite expensive, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it's super expensive. Well, why? God knows. As you get older and a beer becomes more of a treat and less of a thing, it's like, you know, I might as well buy a beer, which is really nice. And so for a, because we had our big weekend away, I splashed out. But yeah, it is too expensive. And the food, my God, I haven't eaten so much food. <laughs> oh, fried breakfast and stuff. Just... You know, no, we missed out on one of our meals. We did. When we were I playing did. the alien thing. Oh, the alien RPG. Oh, very good. Very yeah. good. That was. Good. Dear readers, gonna, are we going to do that again? Yes, I think that it passed the test. Readers, um, this right. is not directly related. Bit of admin, but what we might do, uh, watch the space, is run the alien RPG as a little sort of I don't know, two or three show special at some point. Yes, please. Uh, because Paul and Lucas were not at our great gathering of the elders. No. Well, that's because they're very young. Because they're very young and mm. because... Thank you. Not allowed out yeah. after nine o'clock. They're not allowed out, exactly, um, no. from, their, from their basement. And we'll see if we can find some, I don't know, some guest players 
and do it as a one-off. But we really did like the Alien RPG. And so no spoilers, we won't talk about any more than that, just in case it makes it into we because we do these shows. Right, 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 right. Let's get on. Can anybody remember where we were? I can remember where we were. We are at the games and we've just been doing the introduction of the teams. Yes, um, right. Of which there were... Oh, Chai. 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 Just returned. Fangorum. From Evenstar. Undefeated. Undisputed. And we kind of left things in the middle of the banquet. Talabir had been through the rules and he'd introduced the teams. I think that's where I, I think that's where we left it. Yeah. And he introduced the defending champion, your old friend from uh, Diamond Lake, who seems to be the captain of a gladiator team that consists of two enormous golems from the Evenstar Golem Leatherworks, controlled by a floating spherical wizard called Mernst Dankbarrel. And that's where we stopped. After that big moment, the banquet kind of loosens up a bit. The food and the drink keep flowing. All of the teams are now out in the open. Their lanterns are on. Everybody can see each other. And there's a lot more, as it were, currency and conversation between the teams and the people. I don't know if you want to chat to anybody. One other thing. Um, that, yeah, go uh, for a wonder. Talabir says, as he, just before he leaves the stage, by the way... Any members of your teams who are versed in the bardic arts are welcome to Mount Arostrum ah. and entertain the crowd <laughs> during the course. <laughs> I of thought the rest you of would evening. never ask. Oh, yes. Earplugs. I have prepared a special piece. <laughs> well, what's the objective of the. Uh, to entertain the masses, of course. Game, I mean. Destroy are we all the opposition. Trying to kill each other. Were you asleep during all the rules? The rules. No, there was all the rules. rules. There were the rules, but what are we supposed to be doing? Winning. It's a knockout. Have you ever heard of gladiators before? Well, no, I understand this, but so we can summarise. It's a 16-team knockout competition. It's a seeded thing. So, like, Djokovic draws a qualifier in round oh, one. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. so the Sorry, big yeah. teams, the two really fancy teams are Pitchblade and the Newell Mounted Massacre. They will almost certainly draw the weakest teams in the first round. You'll end up with eight teams at the end of day one, and then those mm. eight teams will be drawn against each other, and so forth and so forth. And it's just a fight. Yeah. What you do know is that the Newell Mountain Massacre and Pitchblade will be split in the draw so they can't meet each other early on. You don't know which side of the draw you are, you are on. Oh, we're going to get into the draw in a bit. So, what do you want to do? Do you want to chat to anybody? Yeah, go for a wander about. Your team manager appears now that the introductions will be done. Garth South Portal. <laughs> somebody give me an insight check or a perception check. Insight doesn't check. doesn't really matter which I one. Can, yeah, uh, that's a 10 plus 5 is 15. He's very kind of urbane. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, you know that he's a theatrical agent, a talent agent, and a merchant and a trader. He's he's a natural. You can see him kind of working the tables and saying hello to people. He comes over to you and he's Dweezil Vansevier. All right, everybody, everything, uh, all the food and the drinks to your liking, I hope. You, yes. So far, yes. Well, it's, I mean, it's all terribly exciting. This, I mean, I've, I've dreamed for years of entering a team in the games. Let's just hope that we can make a, a, a good, a good show of things. What you notice, Parker, is as he's doing that, he is not concentrating on you as much as you might expect. He seems there is something that seems a little bit distracted about him, and you realise that what he's doing is he keeps on looking at Loris Rachmian. He keeps on glancing at Rachmian at the table on the other side of the mm-hmm. circle. That's what you notice. I thought that was one of our jobs, is to spy yes, Garth, out this Loris Rachnian. Garth Southportal is just the guy that Eligos has found to sponsor you in the games. He's not really got a thing in this. Oh. Uh-huh. 
looking at him? Is he looking worried? Is he looking scared? Yeah, is he, he looking is. He's, looking, well, he's not looking scared. No, he's looking worried. He's looking like he's just paying a bit too much attention. He was present at the conversation with Eligos. He knows why Eligos wants you to be involved in this. So in the normal course of things, if he was paying a bit of attention to Rankmian, you'd kind of expect it. What Parker notices is he's paying much more attention to Rankmian than you would expect, more than you are, for example. And he seems there seems to be something behind the eyes that just is, I don't know, he doesn't seem to be at ease with himself about it. Is it a sort of hate thing? Is it a... Very difficult. Give me, you give me an inside check, uh, Purple. Four. I know an awful lot about it. Someone oh, else four. asked the same question. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think... <laughs> I, 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 I say to him, sort of slightly under my breath, I said, uh, mm-hmm. if you keep looking at him with that, that much, he'll, he'll get that the game's up. We're, we're on to him, sort of thing. Oh, he gives you a sharp glance at that remark, Parker. <laughs> and he doesn't look like he wants to engage with you on the subject. He's just put us up to this. He doesn't deny him. it. He's, he's a plant. He's, uh, he doesn't deny mm. anything. He doesn't say, no, I wasn't doing that or whatever, but he just doesn't He doesn't engage with you. Right, he's a plant. got him to put us up. He's put mm. us up onto this. And he doesn't feel comfortable about it. Um, like he's put us in this situation where we're going to get killed or something. An interesting theory. Uh, you get the opportunity to mingle and talk to some of these high rollers. And if you want to try and raise your reputation before the draw, clearly that's what all these people have been doing. Now you, the kind of yes. concept is settling upon you, that there is a draw that's based upon reputation. And you're mm-hmm. thinking suddenly, that's what everybody's doing. That's why everybody's pressing the flesh and kind of bigging themselves up. It's because they want to change the minds of the judges before the draw is so they get chosen against a weaker team. Oh, the draw hasn't been made yet. No, yeah, the ah. draw is coming up later this evening. We so I want to certainly yes. Oh, I see. It's going to be little balls that you that they. I think it's nicely warm. Little pieces of paper. In name. It. I mean, it's not relevant to the conversation. It's just a big set of double entendres comes yeah. out of your mouth. Um, <laughs> Every time he opens his hole, something disgusting <laughs> pops out of it. <laughs> Anybody who wants to um, chat with people? Yes, Alessandra's going to sidle up to somebody, look them directly in, in their eyes and go, what do you think? Oh, blimey. Okay, well, I mean, they're just a random VIP. Yeah. Um, uh, of, about, uh, about, about, um, I'm sorry, uh, about what? Who do you think's going to win? I mean, I think Fankham has to be the, the favourite. Why is this? Why do you think? I hear great things about the grave diggers. Filch. Oh, we've already Dear. bested Filge. Ages ago, we bested him. Uh, we uh, let him come back here. You're quite an intimidating. You're quite an intimidating uh, um, person. Uh, tell me about your team. Well, we have the renowned Uncle Buggy Bugraft, who is known throughout the lands as the Flayer Slayer. He's the one who leapt into the space, grabbing hold of the Flayer in midair, killing the Flayer. Gracious. <laughs> Roll a, roll a charisma, um, either a straight charisma check, or if you've got proficiency in deception, you can add that in. I've got a deception check. I'm getting an 18. Oh, she seems persuaded by your intimidating nature. You don't know whether or not you might have just notched yourselves up a little bit in the general estimation. You get the sense that that, is, um, that, that proliferates. She mm-hmm. will turn to her neighbour and say, oh, I'd like to chat to this rather menacing lady called Alessandra, who's part of the Flare Slayers, and they do seem like... I mean, that's what's going on. Yeah. We could talk about betting uh, sessions. Betting, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in betting, Mike. I'm going to go and uh, perform. Yes, okay, fine. Yep, you can go and perform. Uh, what's your song called? It's called Can't Hit Me. 
<laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> it's that sort of doom, 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 doom. <laughs> Can't hit me. Can't hit There's me. an awful lot of betting going on on the bounce. The odds handlers, that effectively the bookies, they work to limits. But you can place bets on the bounce. So once the draw is made, that's going to be interesting. You might have the opportunity to... Can you place bets to win? You can place bets to win on the bounce. You can place bets on other bouts, or you can place bets on yourselves or whatever. Or you can what's, bet against what's yourselves. The odds on, what's the odds on us winning? Well, the draw hasn't been made yet. But just so that you know, Sessions, that that opportunity is going to be there. Oh, I see. Later on. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not long but, now. So why is money already changing hands then, if well, no, money is changing hands because some people are betting on... I mean, you could make a bet to win for the whole thing now. There's nothing yeah, to stop Yeah, I want to know that. what... what uh, but what you can't odds? bet on the individual bouts. What odds will we get to win? Your odds to win? Yeah. They've been shortening, Lucas, as a result of your successful whispering campaign. Mm. Yeah. But you're going to a be something like... From the flares, 25 to 1 that to win the whole thing. Well, it's a 16-team competition, and there are some strong favourites, and nobody's really heard of you, even despite so, the fact uh, that you've bigged yourself no, well, up. I mean, I, thought that I, mean, I think our odds are quite short. I was, Yeah, that's very short. Well, there we go. Blind contest. That's what you're offered. They'll take a maximum right. of a 250 gold piece bet, but that well, could be quite got a significant amount of money. So. Do you want to bet oh. 48 gold pieces on yourself at 25 to 1? I'd yeah. take it. Done. 48 gold pieces now. 21 to 1. I will bet 100 gold pieces on us to win. Do I get a receipt? Do I get some kind of... Uh, you never see him again, Lucas. <laughs> Alessandra. Well, what are the odds on um, on the favourites? Well, the Newell Mountain Massacre mm -hmm. are at evens. Pitchblade are 2 to 1. People, obviously people wander over to your table to ask you questions. And uh, Sessions, the guys from the Fortunati. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Earth Zembers, by the way, for the Fortunati team idea. Thank you, all readers who sent in teams, and I've included as many as I can. They're very pally. And what are natural. their roles? The Fortunati. Uh, they are quite long. The Fortunati are sitting at about the same as you, about 25 to 1. Anybody want to take that action? No? Okay. So while the conversation continues, bards perform on the stage and you mingle around and you try and build up your reputation after a certain amount of time, in about a good half an hour. By the way, there's rumours going around. There's a rumour going around that Severiana Outsplitter is somewhere in the crowd, but not in her true form. There's also a rumour that Remilor Three Hands the chief wizard of the Sorcerer's Spire, who is a trilateral being. Yes, basically, he's a triangle. <laughs> uh, that he is somewhere in the crowd off in his true form. So it's really, the, the great and the good are He's here. come as a square. And after a sort of decent interval, Talabir mounts the rostrum again um, after Ooh. a thunderous reception for many bards who aren't purple. I, I <laughs> should make a performance check, I guess, really, shouldn't I? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, make a performance yeah. check. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Oh, it's Ooh. 19. Ooh, 19. 19. Go down a storm, purple. Talabir mounts the rostrum and he clears his throat, the crowd settles down, and he says, ladies and gentlemen, the draw for the bouts has been made. These are the opening uh, fixtures. In round one, the Lost and the Damned. And people look over at the weird table of just hoods and cows and so <laughs> forth. Yep. We'll be fighting Slobber. The Knolls. <sighs> the Anvil of Thump. The giant suits of armor with the huge mauls. We'll be fighting the Fortunati. The Fortunati Ooh. just go, oh. And they just kind of look 
into their beer and <laughs> rather distraught at that thought. The harrowing horde. The farmers wave their mattocks in the air. We'll be facing the chromatics. The five dragonkin do a coordinated breathe into the air above their table. There's a kind of roar from the crowd. Behold the great eye. And the worshippers of Tondra, the single eyes in their hoods, all look round, all look really confused with each other. They don't know quite where they're going. <laughs> Have drawn the Newell Mountain Massacre. And everybody looks over at the giant golems and Chank Fankum. And then the, the, the Behold the Great Eye looked like they want to leave, basically, <laughs> that news. On the other side of the draw, death from below. You look over, the Umber Hulks look like they're packing up, ready to go, and they kind of stop. Of <laughs> fighting the Dyson Desire Casino and Pleasure House. Now taking bookings through Apeshit and Mage. <laughs> Is that their full name? That's my favourite name. <laughs> yeah. The Grave Diggers will be fighting the Mist Marshmallers. Oh, capital. <laughs> the Midnight Shankers. The awful villains from the streets. Too many of them to be in a team. Somehow there's some exception has been made with the broken bits of glass and bottles. We'll be fighting Pitchblade, the two dwarf barbarians with the giant axes. And finally... Oh, so we've got the wizard with the... The Flayer Slayers will be facing Newt the Sight from Orbit. Oh, Jesus. By the way, the Mist Marshmallows. Yes. Do we recognise any of them? No, you don't think that they're from the Twisted Branch tribe. They've oh, got right. a good reputation, okay. though, because, of course, King Charles II was a winner, an owner of the champion's belt. In fact, he was wearing a champion's belt when you, uh, oh. when you defeated him, if you remember. Mm. Yes. The Mist Marshmallows against the Gravediggers is a big fixture in the early rounds. The other ones that look tasty are the Chromatics against the Harrowing Horde, just very different kind of approaches. The Fortunati versus the Anvil of Thump. We're talking about nimbleness, luck, the blessing of misfortune against these giant hulking kind of powered suits of armor. It's also quite interesting kind of bouts fixtures will be fought tomorrow and the times of the bouts will be posted in the Cenobi later this evening. The Cenobi? Cenobi. You don't know what the Cenobi, you have no idea what he's talking about. What the hell is the Cenobi? Let the dancing and the fireworks begin because the games are open! And Rachnian stands up behind his uh, table and just kind of drinks the applause of the crowd. Fireworks start going off around the rim of the arena, you know, the kind of standard thing. And dancers start appearing and minstrels start playing and everything just kicks off big time. Cool. Can we, well, as Alessandra anyway, I want to sidle off and start to kind of look around the arena, look for entrances, exits, passageways, anything that could lead underneath. Just well to get now. to know the layout. Yes. I mean, let's put you on a map of the arena. Ooh. Ooh. That, to me, seems to be a good idea. There's not much to be learned, but it'll give you a sense of what we're looking at. Sorry, really, you can't see this, but I'm sure you can imagine what we're looking at. Ooh. Alessandra. Yes. There are entrances to the arena at the four cardinal points, one of which sits underneath a raised dais with a throne on it. That's clearly where Rachmia must sit during the games. Yeah, like Caesar. Yep. The seating runs in tiers. You think it would take many thousands of people. You don't know how well attended these games are, but you think we're talking about tens of thousands, potentially, of spectators. Yeah. The only thing of interest to you is that as you, as it were, sidle away from the brightly lit pool around the rostrum and the tables and the competitors and all of that into the kind of darker shadows of the arena. Mm-hmm. It's a crisp, late winter, early spring night. There's a chill in the air. 
you walk past the cooking fires towards the north end of the arena, and they kind of block out sight of the arena behind them. And as you move round them, you can see into that dark area, and preparations are being made. There looks like there's some kind of elevator, some kind of lift, and it looks like it's being prepared. It looks like a big, great thing. I mean, it's probably 20 foot by 20 foot. Right. And you can see a little crack of light around it coming from up through the floor of the arena. What do you mean by it's being prepared? Well, it looks like most of the time it's either covered over with dust and sand to be part of the arena floor, so people are clearing it, and little lamps are being posted around it but not yet lit. So it looks like it's being made ready for use. That's what I mean. Okay. What time is this? Currently, it's about... Evening. Yes, it's getting on a bit. Let's call it 9.30 in the evening. Okay. Anybody else want to do anything while the banquet rambles on? Yeah, I want to go and sort of wander around a bit in... You know that when you have that kind of banquets, there's always a sort of foyer or something where people are wandering around and stuff. Okay. Basically go and have a look around there, you know, that kind of thing. You always bump into somebody or other... Yes, I think out the, of the context cl- in the foyer, that kind of thing. See well, the closest could... thing would be, I think, is the kind of serving area where the where the cooking fires are and all the drinks and the food are being run backwards and forwards. Some, yeah. yeah, that's that's where I'm going on it. Yeah, the guests that drift away from their tables to hang around where the food and drink is served to basically try and jump the queue and pick their own drinks. That's where you get a chance to have a chat with a few people. Yeah. Okay. I want to do a detect um, magic and then go and check out our opposition. Okay. Uh, yep. You detect. I mean, it's quite difficult to pick them out from the noise. There's an awful lot of magic going on. The lanterns above the tables are magic, you know, blah, blah, blah. I want to have a chat with these guys. So I'll have it running when I walk up to them. That's, that's okay. What I mean. Well, I mean, they. Well, this thing <laughs> just, just goes. <sighs> opens its enormous mouth, looks balefully at you. And its little wizened handler peeks around from behind it, looking nervous. It says, oh, um, you're, um, yes, <laughs> we fight tomorrow, I understand. Well, rather, you fight. And he kind of points at it, and he points at you. You think that we won't be able to defeat your pet? Give me an insight check. He's radiating check. strong magic, by the way. Is he? That's what, yeah. I'm, that's what I'm there to ascertain. I've got a seven yeah. on my insight. <laughs> okay, you can't, you can't read him. But he doesn't answer that question. Parker, you're... Uh, that I want to know about the magic. You get auras? Give me an arcana check. 20. Oh, bosh. Well, no. definitely transmutation. On what? On him. Not on an item that's, that's on him. No, he doesn't seem to be glowing with lots of items or anything like that. He just seems to be a little old man in robes. That's what he seems to be anyway. <laughs> oh. I think there is a, there's another aura, and I'm just looking it up. Give me a Enchantment. He has an enchantment aura on him, and so does the big blue creature. Now, Parker, while you're mingling with the great and the good, you're scoping about for maybe somebody to kind of catch the eye of and chat to. Yes? Yeah, and that kind of sort of awkward conference. That, exactly, that mingling type way. Like, yeah, it's like you've taken yeah. your, you've got your badge, and you're like, do I take my badge off? Does that make yeah. it? Does the badge <laughs> make it look like food, a bit of a rookie? Yeah, fiddling with do the, the lanyard, trying to work out how to hold them all. And then a voice right up close to you, right in your ear, behind you. There's obviously a figure has managed to walk up behind you without making any sound or giving you any sense that they were there. Oh, I didn't even get the Says, good evening, Parker. And you turn, uh-huh. and there's a young man standing there. You don't know where he came from, and you don't think you've seen him at the banquet before. Right. He says... Uh-huh. Your Parker, yes? From the monastery. He's a li- he's knocking on a bit, but he's obviously tries to youthify himself. Uh-huh. He's a little bit insecure in his appearance. He looks like he's aging a little, but would rather he wasn't. Uh-huh. He's got ringlety kind of 
blonde hair. He's wearing a very smart set of clothes, like kind of black, the clothes of the prosperous urban. <laughs> and he is looking straight into your eyes. There's something odd going on, though. He sort of starts chatting to you. It's a fantastic occasion, this. It's wonderful to see uh, all the people from Even Star out for an evening. It's so rare that we all get together. You've come in from out of town, I hear. Um, I do that sort of awkward... Strong and silent uh, type, eh, uh, uh, Parker? Sort of awkward... Uh, yeah. Uh, I have heard that about you. Who are you? <laughs> oh, I, uh, my name is not important. You notice that what he's doing is that his hands are down by his side, but yeah. he's holding a knife in one hand, Parker, mm-hmm. and he's running his thumb down what looks like the sharpest blade you have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And nothing is cutting. Although you can kind of see the blade going into the thumb, no blood is coming out. And he's doing it idly. He's doing it like it's a comforting kind of ritual, or it's like a habit or a tick. He's I not say, doing it in a threatening way. I say, that's an interesting knife. Yes, it's mine. That's the um, deity, isn't it? The um, trickster god. It's very interesting to see people from outside town come to visit us at Evenstar, especially people who I, if I don't know, uh, Parker, I don't see the the dust of destiny hasn't settled on your shoulders a little. Anyway, very nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, wait a second, what's over there? And he kind of looks over your shoulder, and you kind of can't help yourself but look where his gaze is going. And when your head goes back, he's gone. Okay. And was that just a, a cheap trick? Yeah, or do I actually see something in the direction that he pointed? There was nothing in the direction yeah. that he was looking. Okay. Persuasion. Something went on there. Mm. You didn't feel like you were compelled to look over your shoulder. But right. it didn't occur to you that you shouldn't. Right. Interesting. Okay. So Alessandra's had to look around and see the elevator. Burple has been over and done a bit of detect magicking around your opponents for tomorrow. Parker, you've met a very strange individual over at the food and drink tables. And the banquet winds down and lights get lit around this elevator that you saw earlier, Alessandra. And team by team, stewards come and call you forwards. Yeah. You are, let me have a look at the list, not last, but it's a good half an hour before they get to you. And you are called forward. And just as you are, Garth Southportal wanders up. He says, it's time for you to go down to the Cenobi. I shall try and join you down there a little bit later this evening. Uh, get settled in. Don't worry about tomorrow. Try and get some sleep. Try and relax. And uh, yes, anyway, I'll see you in a bit. And you are led to this elevator. And then you are processed, as it were. You descend into a, a hallway, into a side section. And then you're led out into a larger hallway and the other teams are standing with their kind of dunnage and their baggage in little huddles the ceiling is supported by a rectangular pillar you drop i don't know 50 feet or something there's a huge statue of a half naked human holding a spear and a horn in the corner there's an arcade that leads to this hoist that you've come down in and then there's a heap of metal bars and hinges and locks along one wall and there's a wooden frieze that's decorated with realistic carvings of fruits and a bull's skull and you kind of stand awkwardly in this chamber for a bit it's not long though before a couple of bookies sidle up to you taking the opportunity obviously they've been given a pass to come down to this part of the structure wondering if you want to place a bet on any of the bounce Oh, well, the odds for us. Winning. Would you like the um? Would you Spent like the uh, revised odds? Would you like the bouts? Would you like to have the? Yeah, um, would like the odds. Okay, yeah. let's, let's, I'll try and keep this as quick as possible. The Newell Mountain Massacre versus Behold the Great Eye. Behold the Great Eye, like four to one. The Newell Mountain Massacre are about one to three on. So they're regarded as being pretty much certs to win that one. Mm. The Chromatics against the Harrowing Horde. 
three to one on the harrowing horde the chromatics are strong favorites at about one to two on the fortunati versus the anvil of thump closer the fortunati are favorites you'll get about three to two on the anvil of thump maybe evens for the fortunati slobber versus the (laughs) versus the lost and the damned it's a much tighter one they're both unfancied teams you probably get 12 to 10 on slobber and three to two on the lost and the damned anybody anything of this you know we're taking it just i i I spent all my money already (laughs) pitchblade versus the midnight shankers pitchblade strong favorites midnight shankers four to one pitchblade one to three on mistmarsh maulers against the grave diggers mistmarsh maulers with the long tradition of the lizard folk in these games they're about three to two the grave diggers two to one dyson desire casino and pleasure house now taking bookings through ape shit and mage against death from below you're looking at three to two and five to three they they're almost unsplittable finally your bout you are at two to one and newt the site from orbit are about one to two so they're favorites quite strong favorites oh okay that's that's oh, bet on, bet us, on us <laughs> yeah i want to bet on us Okay, they'll take your money. How much do you want to bet? Two to one. I have only got, uh, I've only got 28, gold. I think, so I'll bet, I'll bet 20. I'll bet 30. Okay, yeah, they're writing down the stuff on their little slates, their chalk and slates. And as you're negotiating with them, more teams are brought down, and you are eventually all assembled, and you're led around a circular corridor. Now, the way that you should think about this, or the best way to think about this, is the face of a clock. The hallway that you've all assembled in is at 12 o'clock uh-huh. on a clock face. And there is a circular corridor that runs all the way round as a sort of main thoroughfare of this understructure under the arena floor. What you can infer from that is that once this arena was a circular arena, but it's been extended into an ellipse. In the northern section of that ellipse is where this lift goes down. And you've ended up at 12 o'clock and you are led round to 3 o'clock around this outer orbital corridor that uh-huh. services the whole of the understructure. You can see south of you before you're taken on this journey into what look like workshops. You can smell sawdust. You can hear work is going on. People are obviously building props and doing maintenance and so forth. There is like a crew working to your south and you can see past them. Clearly there's an inner corridor. There's the outside of the clock face and then a corridor that runs around the hub of the hands of the clock uh-huh. right in the center. And you can see down to that from where you're standing. But you're led round the outer passageway, round to about three o'clock, um, and another hallway. Now that hallway looks like a kind of marshalling area. There's a set of stairs that run off, and you're led towards them. It's an irregular hall. It's like a big junction. There are stairways and passages heading off in all directions. You briefly get a glimpse from your position at three o'clock towards the centre of the clock face again. This time you can see beast cages. And you can hear growls. Remember the giant boar, Piers Morgan, from the um, Dark Cathedral? <laughs> yeah. There's something like that in one of those beast cages. And there are sort of giant cats and, and huge, great, horrible predators. Mm-hmm. And there are some beast wardens tending them. And there's straw and feed and the smell of animals and dung and so forth. And you can see again past those beast cages, again, to the center of the clock face and the little orbital corridor that must run around the very hub of the structure. But you're led south, you're led away from this orbital corridor, down a set of stairs, and down to a cavern that is airy and well lit with wear lights. 
it's an enormous area. It, it's like an underground village. The walls are finely hewn. The floor is paved with smooth slabs of stone. There are lots of artificial and natural pillars that support this kind of re- relatively low ceiling for the scale of the cavern. There are wooden doors on the walls, and they lead to a series of underground dwellings. Let me just unfold a new map for you. It looks like they're dwellings for the individual teams. There, In fact, there are more dwellings than there are teams. Just you're ushered towards your allocated compartment. Doesn't matter which one it is. And the other teams are allocated towards theirs. You can smell uh, roasted meats and spices. And you can hear the clink of cutlery and pots and pans. And serving people start coming in and out of, of an area off to your east, which is clearly some kind of kitchen. And they bring you food. I mean, I don't know how hungry you could possibly be. By now, Uncle Buggy's digestive system must be right at its breaking point, I would have thought. <laughs> oh, God, talking of which, Joanna made this thing the other day. <laughs> like a hummus, like a variant hummus, but not with chickpeas as the base, with broad beans as the base. Uh-oh. Right. This thing. Honestly, I don't... I mean, Uh-oh. it's like you have to handle it with gloves. <laughs> it, lit, uh, extraordinary. I don't know where she got the recipe from, dark web or something, but, I mean, it was like... As you were chewing your first mouthful. You were farting. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) Straight away, you realise you've got a whole plate of this stuff. It's extraordinary um, substance. Anyway, let's move on. Sorry, it's Uncle Buggy. There's a stream that runs through the middle of this cavern, crossed by a little wooden bridge. There's a dining area with some tables laid out near the kitchen zone. The air seems weirdly fresh for how far underground you are. There are murals of great gladiators on the walls all around you. And these amber-coloured little wear-like globes float near the ceiling. It's a kind of marvel of underground architecture. I mean, a real piece of work. And it's a very kind of chilled out atmosphere all the other teams i mean after all of the kind of theatrics of being up in the banquet all of those it's all much more relaxed you know you see the an- the anvil of thump they've got their helmets of their armor open they're sitting out on the shoulders of their armor because they're just little gnomes who obviously just pilot these things they're chatting with the fortunati who they're fighting tomorrow it's all very civil yeah. sharing a, a, a drink and a beer or whatever and that kind of thing. It's just quite nice. I mean, what, anything you want to do while you're in this? This is called the scenery. This is the scenery. Ah, you want to be seen to be. Alessandra would like to investigate some of these corridors. There's a corridor running north of the scenery, yeah, uh, which the same thing. seems to look end in a T junction. Can Alessandra take a look up there, please? Yeah, there are guards and ushers around. Nobody said anything to you about where you can and cannot go. You suspect the unwritten rule is that this is where you're living and this is where you stay. But wandering round the corner up that corridor doesn't seem to excite any interest. And what you discover is that as you walk up, you've come to a parallel. It's effectively the same circular orbital corridor, but one layer down, one level down. Okay. The T-junction that you... It's not really a T-junction, therefore it's more like a curvy T. I don't know what you would call that. Like the horns of a bull and then the thing coming down, right? Yes. You can see the corridor stretching off to both your east and west, curving away from you. And opposite you and at regular intervals around it seem to be gates with spiral staircases which look like they go up to the level above you. What function this must perform, who knows? Do you want to wander around it a bit? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously using the excuse that I'm looking for the toilet. Um, Okay. Well, nobody's particularly interested in you walking around. I keep walking walking around that area okay what about 
heading. I mean, you can wander around that circuit if you like. Yeah, I'll do a quick, a quick. Nobody loop. challenges you. You end up coming back to where you started. Okay, there's all. There's the passageway that you're that you entered from, but no other exits from this loop. It is a little bit puzzling as to what purpose it served. Maybe it was. Maybe it's incomplete because it doesn't seem to connect to anything else. It just seems to shadow the orbital passageway, the, the level above, but not go anywhere. Okay. That's probably why nobody was in the least bit interested about the fact that you went up there. What about the passageway to the south by southwest? Okay, now that's different. You do see occasionally people are drifting off that way, and it leads through a meandering passageway. Right. Bear in mind that I've got boots of the elven kind, and I'm going to be actively being stealthy. There are other competitors heading off down this passageway. Drifting in an unconcerned way. While Alessandra is doing this, anybody else want to do anything? She's doing what I was going to do. Okay. Yeah. Can we um, try and poison the food of our team that we're <laughs> going to fight against? Yes, you can. Have you got any poison? Have we got any poison? Anybody? Uh, I looked into getting some poison, and um, a it's very we got, ex- expensive. We got Filge's vials. We, we got, got stuff healing with worms. What do those we? do? Can you remember? The the worms. I don't think we should be putting the worms around. Oh, there. not worms. No, there were some other there were some other kind of power up vials. I love the idea of just releasing the worms into the into the competitors. Were <laughs> <laughs> no, there, Mike? There were the fil- the, there were the mayhem. Yes, you've got these <laughs> um, were files. What were they, what were they? What did they do? First of all, let me start with Alessandra. So, Alessandra, you follow this meandering passageway. Yeah. It leads you to another large area, an interesting area. The other competitors seem to be using it as a sort of area for quietness and meditation it's a huge cavern it resembles the cnb but it's in a state of kind of abandonment it looks like nobody's used it for i mean a century more i mean you know Mm -hmm. a long time it's possible that this was once a surface structure that's now buried right so that you're literally walking around in archaeology Mm -hmm. perhaps a cluster of houses stone houses that are buried or have just been subsumed into the earth there's only one feature of any note, which is this 10-foot-high alabaster statue of a giant of some sort, some sort of giant humanoid holding a mattock in one hand and a torch, like a brand or something, in the other. Okay. In the southwest corner, there is a pool with a little island in it and a couple of boulders that just sits there quietly. It looks relatively fresh. You must infer, therefore, it is being filled and drained somehow, but there is no sign of how that is happening. Okay. So a sort of a swimming pool. Very possibly. I mean, yeah, although nobody else seems to be swimming in it. Let's go back to your Mm. vials. I mean, maybe the poison's not enough to kill them, but it might be enough to give them some sort of disadvantage. Lasagna gate. Lasagna gate, yeah, exactly. What, Zania gate? No, lasagna gate. It's the famous end of football season where uh, Tottenham had a Where very Arsenal, bad... Arsenal cheated. Uh, Tottenham <laughs> had a very bad final game of the season and they decided to blame it on the lasagna they ate the night before. <laughs> they were saying that before the match, to be fair. On the... Yeah, they were getting their excuses in early. <laughs> I mean, has Alessandra got some knowledge of poisons? Paul, can you create a poison just to... Uh, no, I'm not. No. I don't okay. have that skill. Well, actually, no, that's not strictly true. I have a poisoner's kit. Sorry, you've got these glass tubes that you recovered from Filger's observatory all those weeks ago. One of them, you think, is a potion of gentle repose. 
One of them is a potion of false life. One of them is a potion of ghoul touch. And one of them is a potion of chill touch. We should well, share hardly, those out. Yeah, they're hardly poison, aren't they? Yeah. But we should still share them out. Yes. Yeah, you don't know that they would really serve as poisons, but yeah. False life is hit points. Yeah. The touch on just might be quite good for Lucas, actually. Yeah. yeah. What was it? Chill touch. Yeah. So I think it does negative energy damage. Okay, on a hit, the target takes 1d8 necrotic damage. It can't regain hit points until the start of your next turn. Until then, the hand clings to the target. Okay. Oh, okay, so it's not. It's yeah. actually a it's, kind of... It's pretty crap. Yeah. It's a ranged spell attack. Uh, if you hit an undead target, it also has disadvantage on attack rolls against you until the end of your next turn. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. But we're not really that's dealing right. with them. Yes. Filge is undead team. You see? Yeah, we use them on him. Ghoul touch, do you know? Ghoul Touch is not Player's Handbook. Yeah, I suspect Ghoul Touch is probably 3rd edition. Yeah. Hmm. Unless it's in Xanathar or Tasha's or something. Don't think By so. By coincidence. I'll have a look for you. I've got a conversion rule for it somewhere. So my question, while they're all pootling around, I thought I would mill around and see what info we can find on our opponents. Well, you can chat with the other teams. Yeah, with the other teams. Your opponents. Have they fought before? Does anyone? The little wizened person mm-hmm. leads the giant blue slard into one of these sleeping quarters closes the door behind them and that's that for them but other contestants are more happy to to chat with you the people who are really nice are the gnomes that drive the giant suits of armor the worshippers mm-hmm. of um, thump the god of war and fighting and the fortunati who are good company and natural fellows to you sessions mm-hmm. they don't know much about your opponents tomorrow they're a bit of a mystery. The Frog Wizards of Bonts have only just taken over this area east of the Newell Mountains, known as the 39 Steps. And the rumour is that they are trying to extend their influence. They're very sort of territorially aggressive. This is just the kind of thing they would do to try and project soft forward slash hard power. They would enter a weird team, a weird contestant into the Evenstar Games just to let everybody know that they were there. That's what the general scuttle is. As for what their fighting strengths might be, what they do know is that... that give me a... Either an Arcana check or a History check. This is just to see how much you, how much you can kind of determine off your own bat and how much you get from chatting with other people. Mm, dear. Okay, neither of these are very good. Arcana or... Well, let's try it. Arcana. 14. Some people understand or believe that the Slard, who are strange interdimensional creatures that people don't know very much about, can be controlled by sometimes some of them sit as the sort of host for a, an enchanted gem that sits in the core of their being. And those Slard that are hosts for these gems can be controlled by powerful individuals. So the scuttle is that that must be what was going on with this blue Slard and the mm-hmm. blue Slard's wizened little handler. Maybe that's the source of that strong, at least the strong enchantment aura that Burple picked up earlier. Okay. Uh. There's a rumour going around the Cenobi, by the way, that the lake in what's called the Titan's House, which is the area that you infer once Alessandra gets back, that Alessandra had wandered into, that that lake was plugged by Arachnian some years ago because one end of it leads to a series of caverns that ghouls live in. It's just a rumour. Mm-hmm. It's just a rumour. While you're chatting away and doing your explorations, Garth Southportal appears. Hey, Garth. Hi, uh, group. This is a great moment for the group. Yeah, in this moment. (laughs) We're going to be progressive. 
Yes, we're always going to be looking to move forward. Yeah. What formation? Which formation? Well, I think we're playing. I think four, we're playing four, two, quite defensively two, for two, about two, ninety minutes. Two, 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 two one two, with buggy up top. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What we've got to do, remember, um, guys, is to play our game tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> do is we've got to have belief in ourselves. Have you done this before? Uh, no, never done this before. Well, apart no. from Middlesbrough, but that didn't really count. <laughs> the <laughs> Avoid the penalty shootout. He gives you a bit of a kind of pep talk and he asks you if you're all settled in and you're comfortable. And then he kind of leans in and in a slightly lower voice, he says... He's not going to ask us to throw the match in the fifth round or something stupid. I think that you've got a real chance in this comp competition. Looking at the others, I think tomorrow's opponents are going to be really tough. But like I said, we mustn't change our game to suit them. I must admit, though, that I did have a something I didn't share with Elagos, a sort of hidden motive for entering mm. you in the games myself. My sister, La Hacka, disappeared here last year, not long after the previous Champions Games. I've been looking for her for some months now, but I've hit a dead end. She was an entertainer. She was a, well, she was my joy. She brought happiness to everyone that she met. And it seems that her travels as an entertainer brought her here to Evenstar. And I hear on the grapevine, and having asked around, that she caught the eye of Loris Ragnian, none other than our host. And I believe that they became lovers. And kind of looks around a bit, make sure that you're not being overheard. Mm -hmm. What I do know is that she vanished the day after the Games of Misrule ended last year. And I've paid for magics, enchantments to learn more, but I've learned nothing. And that's why I've decided to come to the games themselves. I hope that by entering some gladiators by you guys and Sandra. Sorry, Alessandra. Sorry. Never call you Sandra. That's what Ellie got to say. I hope that by entering you into the competition, I'd have a chance to explore the area, which I'm kind of like, I'm now free about. I'm free as a, as a manager to kind of explore any, but they won't let me stay overnight. And it's when it's at night, when it's quiet, that you're going to be able to move around and have a bit of a look. Now, I know that Elegos wants you to investigate, so it seems that our interests are aligned. All I'm asking is that if you found anything anywhere in this structure, about my sister or what had happened to her. She's she's beautiful. I mean, I would say she's beautiful. She's tall and she's thin like me. She's also completely bald like I am. If you can slip away, away from here, between the battles, and search for clues about what happened to her, my deal is that all of the cash that you win in the games, rather than split it 50% me, 50% you, you take all the money. What do you say? I'd say yes. Uh, are you all in agreement? How many bouts a day do we have today? You only get one bout per day. One a day. Right, so we get a long rest between each bout. You get a long rest between each bout, and you get, in theory, including tonight, four nights to explore the understructure of the arena, so long as you stay in the competition, crucially. So we need to explore yeah. early in case we get kicked out. Yes. He's nodding. He's saying, I have every confidence in you, but the more you find and the earlier you find it, clearly you, this is your opportunity. And what time is the first bout? They're about to post the times. Let's see how much time you've got. And as he's talking... Because we need to give ourselves eight hours after the exploring, don't we? Yes. Or be very yeah. circumspect yes. during the exploring. Yes. I described to him the guy I met in the foyer area or the food area. Um, this odd-looking person with the... He kind of... Plastic surgery. He slightly steps back away from you, kind of recoils a little. And he says, with the, the knife. And ask him if he knows about this guy. Yeah. Oh, yes, of course I know about him. The Twisted Prince, that's who that is. Oh. That's the Twisted Prince. He starts kind of... Uh -huh. 
wringing his hands and looking around. What, what can this what? Sign- what can this signify? Well, that he's interested in what's going on here. Who's the twisted prince? But, but, but Parker. He's a god. Oh, right. Yeah. To draw the attention of the gods themselves, Parker. What is it about? <laughs> kind of peers at you. Well, it is no matter. My offer still stands. Look, look. Talabir. Talabir is here with the times for tomorrow's bouts. And in walks Talabir. <laughs> with a kind of retinue. And he walks up to a section of wall beside the doors to the kitchen. It's a kind of notice board area. And as he steps up, all the other teams start kind of, you know, it's like exam results day, yeah? They all start yeah. kind of zeroing in to kind of cluster around him, and you kind of have to crane your necks and peer, and he posts the bouts up. And your bout, the Flare Slayers versus Newt the Sight from Orbit, is early tomorrow. It's the second bout of the day at 9 a.m. And what time is it now? I'm going to say it's 10 o'clock at night. So you Ooh. have got Better get some a, bit of, a bit of time Two to get hours. some rest and a bit of time to... Do a bit of investigating, and then tomorrow you fight in the games, and we will find out about that next week. Ooh, nice. We're gonna win. Nice setup. I like it. Yeah. Very. Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Champion's Belt and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Champion's Belt was written by Tito Lietti. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening.